Hello, this is Christina Carpenter. I'm coming back to you to share some more in regards to health. Um, I felt like I wanted to talk more about health because I am a nurse and I know that it's a very important topic to everyone at every point in their lives. Health is everything we need to survive and to live and great health uh, will ensure your longevity in the long run of your life and your total enjoyment of life and the enhancement of meaning in your life so um i had found this book actually it was recommended to me by my virtual coach and mentor ty lopez and i decided to look into it the book is called fit for life a new beginning the ultimate diet and health plan by Harvey Diamond. It's a New York Times bestselling um, co-author for Fit for Life. And um, it, it came out in, it looked like it was copywritten in 2000 and copywritten again in 2011 by Harvey Diamond. And the book is published by King, King, Kensington Books in Philadelphia. Okay, so, oh no, actually, Kensington Books in New York. In New York. Sorry about that. So, um, I'm going to start off by sharing some information from the book. Um, I'm going to read directly from page 122. So, if you don't have this book, at least you'll get a snap pick of uh, the chapter of this. I don't know, is it broken into chapters? It's broken up into sections. It's not exactly chapters. And this one is called... Okay, so the, I'm reading from the chapter, Why Breast Cancer? It says, in 1979, I had what was for me a life-changing encounter with breast cancer. Because of that experience, I knew that I would someday write something about the subject. I had been studying the field of natural hygiene for nine years, and the publication for Fit for Life was still six years off. I was as convinced then as I am today that people who understand and practice the principles of natural hygiene, even moderately, could ensure for themselves a long, pain-free, disease-free life. Since 1971, I had seen firsthand hundreds of people do the same by following the principles of natural hygiene. I outlined them for the I outlined for them in one-on-one counseling sessions. I love talking about health to anyone who would listen, and my enthusiasm for the subject was boundless. I welcomed all challenge from people to show them how they could heal even the most seemingly catastrophic problems. Catastrophic problems. I had seen so many examples of individuals overcoming serious health problems that my excitement for the subject was often catalyst enough for people to start making the simple changes I suggested. I had and still have the utmost confidence that because the human body is self-repairing and self-healing, it can, given the right environment for healing, overcome any ailment so long as it has not suffered irreparable damage. Page 123. This was precisely my frame of mind when I received a phone call that day in 1979 from a woman to whom I had spoken on several occasions about the beautiful and remarkable healing capacities of the human body. 
Our conversations must have made an impression on her because she was calling me from the hospital. It was obvious from her voice that she was highly agitated. Her voice was so shaky and she was so upset I could hardly understand her. Mammogram had detected a lar- rather large lump in her breast, about the size of a walnut. Part of the problem was that her physician was there at the phone with her, berating her for being so foolish as to call some nutritional friend for advice when he had just finished telling her that she must make arrangements at that moment for the removal of her breast or she would die. Now try to picture this. She goes to her doctor to find out what, if anything, was found on her mammogram and he shows her a huge lump and then proceeds to scare her scare the juices out of her by telling her that without an immediate mastectomy she would die he did no biopsy no tests no anything he didn't know if cancer was present or not he didn't say that she might die or that with with a lump that size the chances were that she had cancer and could and she could die no he said no mastectomy and you're dead So she tells him she knows someone who knows a lot about nutrition and she wants to call him first and he erupts at her. How could you do something so stupid when your life is at stake? This is no time for nutrition. This is time for surgery. He had better do what I say and stop messing. You had better do what I say and stop messing around. He was standing next to her at the phone harassing her while she was trying to tell me what was going on. I was a it was a real scene. A lot. <laughs> Wait a second. It was a real scene. Hold on one second. Hold on, hold on. Believe me. Finally, I said to her, if she had a lump in her breast as big as she described, it had been growing for some 10 to 15 years at least. No matter what she decided to do, she certainly could take 24 to 48 hours to go home, reflect, talk to some friends, and make a rational decision about without her doctor. Yelling in her face that either she listens to him or dies. I suggested that she hang up the phone, tell her doctor that she would call him in a day or two, and come directly to my office so that I could tell her about an option she will never hear from her doctor. Within an hour, she was in my office. She looked horrible. Her face was ashen. There were, was terror in her eyes that was so obvious she could, you could have sliced it up and served it on a platter. Her voice was still shaky, and as soon as she started to talk, she began to cry uncontrollably. I assumed she was crying because she had found out she might have cancer and might have to undergo surgery or chemotherapy or both, and she was scared. In fact, it wasn't so much the cancer and treatment that upset her. It was her fear of being cut with a knife. Now, I'm not just talking about the normal fear or apprehension one might have about being operated on. No, she had such a paralyzing fear of being cut that for her, anything would have been preferable to submitting to surgery. I told her that natural hygiene, my field of study, had an entirely different perspective on lumps in the breast from traditional medicine. I explained the lymph system to her, which is invariably 
involved with lumps in the breast and suggested that she take the natural hygiene approach to getting rid of the lump. In four or five weeks, I said, she would have absolute evidence to, as to whether or not the approach was successful. At that time, she would definitely see whether her lump was the same size or whether it was larger or smaller. Since she had she would have preferred to do nothing rather than undergo surgery. She was willing to try anything that did not involve being cut. The first thing I did was to fill her with a positive feeling about her body and its ability to heal itself. Her doctor's message that she was going to die was not exactly the best jumping off place for self-healing. I explained to her that success depended upon certain dietetic maneuvering that would allow her limb system to repair and heal itself. She promised me that she would be she was extremely disciplined and would follow my advice without the slightest variation. When she left my office, she was smiling and filled with hope. I advised her practically every day. And and she followed my suggestion implicitly. Within the first 10 days, she was certain that the lump had de decreased somewhat in size and it was no longer tender to touch. In three or four weeks, her lump went from the size of a walnut to the size of a dime. In another four weeks, it was gone. Gone! She had another mammogram and there was no trace to be found. Of course, my friend was overjoyed. You wouldn't make her stop smiling with a gun. As far as she was concerned, she had been given her life back. One of the very first things she did was to call her doctor about the good news and to get a copy of the original mammogram so I could have the two, one showing the lump and the other showing nothing. Now most people would assume that upon learning about his patient's non-surgical removal of a large breast lump, her doctor would walk barefoot over hot coals and broken glass to find out how she had accomplished his, this feat so he could share the information with his patients and colleagues. You would think he would want to trumpet the good news from the highest mountain. Well, in fact, my doc friend's doctor would not even take a phone call from her. He was angry at her for ignoring his advice. His secretary told her that it would be best if she were to find another physician. And so she could not have a copy of the original mammogram. I lost contact with my friend and did not see her again until several years later. She was still smiling and she looked great. In the two months I had worked with her, she had lost about 30 pounds, and she had obviously kept it off. More important, there were no lumps in her breast. In terms of my goals to educate people about how to ensure their own good health, she told me the greatest thing I could have ever hoped to hear. She said that she no longer felt as if her own body was a stranger to her. page 126 or that the workings of her body were out of her realm of understanding she felt in charge and in control of her health no whenever she put on weight she didn't want or start started to whenever she put on weight she didn't want or started to feel unwell she knew exactly what to do to turn the situation around she thanked me profusely for what i had done for her not realizing that what her words had done for me was equally great Another friend of mine had had breast cancer before we met, and the treatment utterly ruined her life. She had a tiny lump in her right breast checked out, and it did have cancer cells in it. She wanted to remove only the lump, a lumpectomy, and leave the breast intact. But her doctor told her that 
told her she would die if she didn't have the breast removed. After she agreed, her physician recommended that while she was having her right breast removed, she should go on ahead and have her left breast removed too. The reasoning was, if cancer appears in one breast, there is certainly a, a likelihood it could appear in the other breast as well. Why take a chance of going through this again? Let's just get rid of both of them in one fell swoop. Then you'll never have to worry about breast cancer again. Oh yes, while we're at it, we'll remove all your lymph nodes from your chest and both your arms as a precautionary measure. She listened and had a total seven, total of seven surgeries, including a radical mastectomy of one of her breasts. She lost everything she owned because she had no insurance and had to pay for everything out of pocket. Her body was a mass of ugly scars and she was bankrupt, all because of a tiny lump in one of her breasts the size of a garden pea. Now, you may be thinking something like, hey, cancer is cancer. No matter what size it is, it had to be dealt with. Dealt with, yes, but in a far saner and more sensible way. Not the all-out assault that is overkill in the extreme in which unfortunately has been standard medical treatment. By the end of this book, you will see that the appearance of a lump in your breast, whether the size of a pea or a walnut, is no reason to have your body mutilated and disfigured and bombarded with the deadliest and most harmful treatments known radiation and chemotherapy. This is especially so considering that members of the medical profession, the experts in the field, admit that they don't even know what breast cancer is. They don't know what causes it. They don't know how to cure it and they don't know how to prevent it. So to compensate for this total lack of knowledge, the cancer is attacked with a vengeance in the hope that an assault on the body will somehow exercise, exercise the cancer without killing the patient. This overly aggressive treatment is like demolishing a, an entire city because there is a criminal hiding in it somewhere. These two experiences made me wonder how many other women were being bulldozed into unnecessary surgery with fear. How many women were having their lives torn apart because their doctors were aware of only one course of action, surgery, followed by chemotherapy and radiation. I started to collect everything I could on breast cancer from the next 15 years, for the next 15 years, and the results of what I learned are presented to you here. It would probably be the greatest understatement ever uttered to say it would probably be the greatest underestimate ever uttered to say that women all women would do practically anything to avoid ever having to deal with breast cancer its treatment and its aftermath this is one way and one way only to ensure that prevention it goes without saying that if women knew how to prevent breast cancer, they would do whatever they had to do. But so far, that information has not been forthcoming. The subject has been made complicated, no doubt about that. So women rely on the advice of those people who have been designed as experts, designated as experts in the field. But you are only getting part of the story. There is another whole side of that another whole side of it that has yet to come to light all you're being told about is the deadliness of deadliness of cancer its pervasiveness and the dreadful statistics that are daily being racked up the fear people weren't put on earth to have to live in fear of their bodies 
the fear people weren't put on earth to have to live in fear of their own bodies that is totally unnatural and unnecessary situation that can be changed perhaps you know the old saying if there is no change then there is no change vibrant health is possible to attain and change is a key factor in bringing it about and that's the end of that section i just read a couple of pages from the fit for life book by um well this is a new beginning fit for life a new beginning the ultimate diet and health plan by david um by harvey diamond and so i'm just read that part for you because i felt like that chapter was just so interesting and it's just eye-opening and i think if you just listen to that and then maybe get this book and learn more about this um hygiene technique this natural hygiene uh it could be beneficial and help someone that may be in a scare um to feel a bit more control in their life and um i just hope that was helpful to you i'm gonna keep reading this book to find out more because i'm just reading the first couple of you know this is like in the middle of the book this chapter that i read the section but there's so much good information and i like this writer he writes very interesting in a very interesting tone and his storytelling is excellent and um I just think this book is awesome and um, I'm going to learn more. So I'm going to keep learning and um, hopefully I'll bring more of these uh, great um, insights to you and share some more sections from the book. And um, I just think it's awesome. So that's what I'm reading and enjoy. And um, if you heard a train in the background, that's a train (laughs) above my head. I'm actually just recording this in the quiet of my car so that it's i i know i'll do it you know so you'll probably hear a train but other than that yeah so um that's just my info for you enjoy and i hope you look into it more and have a great day